Welcome to Sports Central. I'm Rick Drew. I'm Phil Fechner. Well, Phil, I uh, would like you to keep myself and the listeners up to date on what's going on in the AFL uh, as we approach the beginning of the season. The women's league, or no? I'd uh-huh. like you. We discussed the women, I think, last week. I think. Tell us a little bit about the men's. Okay. Look, there's not a real lot of news going around, Rick. As we were talking just before. But uh, Dixon's way behind, they're saying, uh, Rick. Mm. Like, he'll miss the start of the season. So, uh, And he was due to be back start of the season. But the break, listen to Charlie on the uh, airwaves yesterday. He's um, He said the break was a little bit worse than first thought. So um, Yeah, I must confess that there's been, over the period of time, particularly last year or so, a great deal of criticism levelled at the Crows for hiding information about injuries and so forth. And and I, I'm i a port man, but I would suggest that... Oh, I thought you were West Coast Eagles now. <laughs> oh, back on the bandwagon, are we? Um, I would... <laughs> I'm going to ignore that. Um, yeah, West Coast Eagles, they're a good side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I think they've hidden. You know, I mean, I think they've known that Charlie's... Oh, well, they must have. That's right. Yeah. And they've kept it very quiet and... and you know, I don't think they can afford to have a go at the Crows any longer about hiding information about injuries over this. No, and I mean, he's a big unit. I suppose it's... That, that's it, the it other takes, thing. All takes... Yep. You know, he's got a lot of body there to, to, that's got to carry on that leg. That, and, uh, well, you, you know, see, I mean, his track record when he was up in Queensland was ank- ankles yep. and yep. you've nailed it. I mean, yep. the heavier you are, yep. I, I don't care whether it's... Look at you. It's, it's fat or <laughs> body muscle... The more strain and stress, it, I'm ignoring that as well. <laughs> um, uh, the more strain and stress it puts on joints and yeah, so forth. Exactly and he right. is huge. And yeah. so if anyone's going to have trouble in rehab of an ankle or broken leg or whatever, it's going to be, a, as you've just said, a big unit. Mm. Um, Hartlett, he's coming. He looks like he's going to start the season, though. So on the other Foot was well, two different type of players, though. Hartley will probably play in the midfield to start with because we're going to be struggling there. So, um, But he looks like he's cherry ripe, ready to go, Rick. So he'll play a couple of the JLT Cup games. So, um, that, I mean, that's good news. He was just starting to hit some real good form, I thought, when he when he done his knee last year. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, the, he's the sort of uh, complete uh, opposite to Charlie, isn't he? Lean mm. and, and so forth. Yep. And so... An ACL, of course, in theory, is probably worse than a broken leg unless you unless the the, the broken leg heals incorrectly. But um, I would suggest that uh, Hamish's body is is working for him rather Look, than against him. Looks like he's had a few more tats put on the oh, arms too. Well, he might be he's a, got those black arms. I don't know what's that happened. That might there. be a kilogram heavier with ink. <laughs> um, on the other side of the town, uh, the Crows. Brad Crouch looks like he's. Shaking off all his injury woes. and uh, We've heard that a few times yeah. before, haven't we? They'd be on their last leg with him, wouldn't they? I mean, he is just an injury-prone player. I mean, you hear so much of how good he's going to be, but we really haven't seen it. You know? Well, and, and that, that was the risk that they took in getting him, and uh, the track records proved to be shocking. Mm. I mean, as an investment... Um, because no sooner he gets better than he does something yeah. else, it would seem. I mean, it's amazing in sport, no matter what sport it is, how some people seem to just be injury prone or yeah. just can't yeah. avoid it, whereas it's, others can go through, yeah. you know, their whole career without getting One injured. One injury after the next. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, 
haven't got much local footy news. I'm going to keep my ear to the ground this week and see if I can hear something, you know, somebody's been recruited or whatever in the local comp in the Bross and Light. But uh, not much going around just at the moment, Rick. So, um, well, well, while we're on the local league, maybe we'll swap before we uh, put the cup for the horse and mm-hmm. might just have a quick look as we're about to go towards the major round of the cricket. Uh, and it's, I see the pie, slim chance for finals hope. Yes, well, uh, in actual true? F- well, in actual fact, you'd almost the answer is yes and no. How's that for a good well, answer? Well, that's a that's a. But oh. I would I would actually suggest that divine intervention would be required for Tananda to make it, and I'll explain to you briefly why. South Gaul are a com- right. There's two games to go. Ten points for a win, five points for a draw, uh, point two. Uh, for every wicket you take, and 0.01 for each run. So, you know, you you collect a few extra bits and pieces, but it's basically 10 points. Now, South Gaul are on 100, uh, forgetting the decimal points at the moment, South Gaul are on 154, Angerston on 144, guaranteed that they needn't play the last two games because in third spot, are Sandy Creek with 115. So, you know, demonstration, even if Sandy won both those games, that puts them at 135, which is still 10 points behind Angerston. So what you can really say is that South Gawler and Angerston will finish one and two. Now, it would seem to me from the draw of the last two games that um, Sandy Creek are basically guaranteed of finishing third because, with all due respect, they're playing the Kapunda. hapless Kapunda. And then they uh, yep. the Yes, but that, I mean, I think unless another miracle occurred, they'll probably beat Kapunda outright, um, and so they're going to be guaranteed a third spot. Yep. So, getting to your question, you've then got, at the moment, Freeling in fourth, Gilbert Valley fifth, Malalar sixth, Tanunda seventh, and Kapunda eighth, right? Now, in theory, all of those sides possibly could take out fourth spot. But to Nunda, it would be a miracle because if they'd have to win both their games and they're only on 80 now, which would put them on 100 with the odd decimal point. But the big thing is that Freeling, who are in fourth, and Gilbert Valley are in fifth. Now, they're both likely, Freeling are playing south in this game commencing, and so they're likely to lose that. And Gilbert Valley are playing Ango, so they're going to lose mm. that. However, they play each other in the last minor round game. Well, one of them's going to win that. One of them has to win that, yeah. unless there's so a washout. Well, it could be, but unless that happens, I'm um, going to predict a draw for that. Game. <laughs> You're going to take the covers <laughs> off overnight and turn yeah. the sprinklers on. Um, the, the answer, it seems to me, is that Tanunda won't make it, and Fourth spot, will, there's there's very little between them at the moment. Freeling on 93 and Gilbert Valley are on 91. So whoever wins that last minor round game will finish fourth. Mm. So basically, you're going to have my prediction is that at the end of the minor round, South Gaul will be first, Ango second, Sandy Creek third, and I don't know. I'll go Freeling, but it could be Gilbert Valley. Yeah. 
So it's very interesting. As we worked out, I think Tanunda are going to miss out by the absolute smallest margin, even if they won both their last exactly. games. Exactly. They're um, just not going to have not enough. Not quite enough points. Yep. So yep. I think we worked yep. it out just before. Yep. So, uh, so and we were probably blinded our listeners with statistics there. The only other brief thing I'll say is that, um, as we know, the, uh, mo- the, the successful side in the A1 reserves goes up to A grade yep. on the proviso that they have turf facilities. Now, uh, the, the, the team that are absolutely, absolutely over the moon to go up to A grade are Newry. And Newry have now taken over top spot in the A1 reserves from Ango. Uh, they're actually nearly 10 points ahead of them, and they are desperate to go up. Uh, I, I've got a feeling that they would have gone up anyway, even if they'd finished second to Ango, because you can't have two sides yeah. in the one comp. Yep. So Newry are uh, a good thing. The only dark horse, I mean, that's decided on the minor round, so it won't matter what happens in the finals, but it seems as though Gawler Central, who came down, mm-hmm. uh, they're on the way back again and have won the last few games. However, Gawler Central can't go up because they haven't got a turf deck. Oh, okay. So it really so, won't matter. So uh, no, there you go. Yeah. So okay. that's well, a bit go. of local sport. Wow, that's excellent. Look, um, Rick, getting on to let's cross to another uh, basketball. I watched a great game of ladies basketball the other night, Rick. The Lightning in Canberra in, was in uh, the second final. Yes. In the dying seconds. Now, we won did, it. We did, snatched victory. Did you watch the game? I watched part of the game. Did you watch the last five seconds? I did. Did she? Did the ball leave close. her hand? No, Very I close, wasn't it? <laughs> I, don't. I couldn't tell. I mean, they, they reckon they... I think they went to a replay thing, didn't they? Or? No, they didn't. Oh, they no, didn't. No. no, I thought they were going to, but um, it was anyhow. The girl travelled anyhow halfway up the court, got stuck. The ball sort of got stuck on her hip, and she took about three steps with the ball on her hip. And then she bounced it again, and the umpire didn't pick that up. So she, it was travel anyhow. But anyhow, she got the ball to this uh, this girl, and she shot the goal, and we won. So there's a, Saturday night's the grand, uh, the grand final. That's it. Yep. Uh, well, it, it really is. I mean, that's sport, isn't it? And, I mean, you get yep. given out in a game of cricket yeah, and right. by a skerrick or the ball, did the ball, the footy touch the goalpost or yeah, not touch right. the goalpost. Exactly right. And I guess if I was the opposition, I'd be pretty hmm. annoyed, um, particularly since uh, I didn't realise there was a travel infringement. Yeah, would... yeah, definite travel yeah. half up the court. Yeah. And, uh... So you'd almost suggest those uh, referees won't be doing the final? Oh. We all made mistakes as being an ex-umpire. Oh, so, uh, I heard know. that you were one of the very few who never made a mistake, Phil. <laughs> no, I wouldn't admit to one. <laughs> uh, all right, what do we got, Rick? Any cricket, any other like well, cricket we news? Have. How's we, the sacker travelling? Well, we've got amazing cricket news, Phil. Really? We really have. And, and um, you know, somebody, one of our listeners, or even you might accuse me of being a bit paranoid about uh, the Adelaide Oval Stadium Management Authority and SACA, but it's a never-ending saga. Uh, the most amazing thing has now occurred is that the, uh, the Australian women's one-day international side, ranked number one in the world, yep. are going to play New Zealand. Oh, and the Adelaide on, Oval, I want to be there. On February the 24th. And Adelaide Oval. No. What? No. Despite the fact that from the 8th of October, the SACA guaranteed its members in writing that it had control of the Oval 
from the 8th of October yep. through to the 14th of March the following year for the summer cricket season. And when's this game? 24th of Feb. Doesn't quite get to the 14th of oh, March, okay. does it? So right. it's at and the Adelaide It's Oval. at the Adelaide Oval, except it's not. It's been handballed to the Karen Rolton Oval in the Parklands. <laughs> oh, no. Now, I, that is just mind-blowing. Oh. And I wonder... You know, you, you've got to ask yourself, you know, has the Stadium Management Authority and the AFL taken over? And and so... They... We need some more executives. That's what we need. <laughs> we do. And speaking of, of executives, <laughs> I feel sorry for the Stadium Management Authority. They've got to turn over, a, you know, 100 mil a year and they keep making a loss. But really? I reckon I've worked it out. You're right. They okay. probably need a few more executives because... Yep. Yeah. Would you believe that, you know, and they reckon they only get money out of their catering and hospitality. Now, listen to this for a lineup. This is their top five executives yep. and their glorious total. When you tell me titles. what they are, you've got to explain what they're doing. Well, <laughs> I think I might, with that. I might need some help. <laughs> There's a general manager of hospitality and portfolio development. Ooh, sounds big. There's a hospitality strategy and innovation manager. Wow. There's a retail hospitality manager. There's an executive chef hospitality manager. And there's a venue hospitality manager. Now, that's five of the 17 executives. And wait for it, they are on each and every one of them, an average salary of $184,600 per year. Right, give us that phone number, <laughs> that Adelaide Oval phone number. I've heard, I've heard that you're not a bad cook. No, I'm going, that's it, right. Now, you'd actually think with that number of incredible hospitality execs and 10 bucks for a beer, you'd make a profit out of that, yes. wouldn't you? Yes. Oh. So you work out what they're on, <laughs> and there's 17 of them on that. It makes you. It, it just makes you realise, and that's why this Senate Select Parliamentary Committee. It is so important that it's it's actually happening right now, and what they're going to hand down because they have the rights to go into the actual workings of and accountability of the Adelaide Oval Stadium Management oh, Authority. A couple of those guys might get a bit of a well, bit of a shot. You know, I mean, you've only got to look at those. There's th there's nearly four million on seventeen people. Now, a hundred million is turnover. That's not pro you know they, they're yeah, not yeah. making a profit. They're making a loss, <laughs> and you know so there's got to be a few blokes with the finger in the pie, the very expensive pie from the AFL, the uh, Port Adelaide, the Adelaide Crows, the SANFL, the Sacker, who must be dining out. Well, with that hospitality, you expect There's a lot of you? hospitality executives there, isn't it? Isn't that amazing? How, and, while and, we're on that, yes. Rick, would we have a joke? Actually, funnily enough, I have got a joke, and it, and it concerns really? what we're really talking about. Okay, well, let's have it. Three CEOs having a beer after an exhaustive day's work. They were three CEOs, one from Woolworths, one from BHP, and one from the Sacker. And they were sort of discussing how, you know, their operations work and what happens. And, and uh, the bloke, the CEO of Woolworths said, well, you know, we use a pyramid system. And 
it's it's pretty simple, really. You know, the, my my executives are around the base of the pyramid, and they feed information up to me. I'm at the top of the pyramid, and uh, it's analysed, and we come up with a decision. And they, the other two, nodded their head and said, "That sounds pretty okay to me." And uh, the bloke from BHP said, "Well, funny enough, ours, I reckon, is not dissimilar to yours, but we call ours the cartwheel system." I sit in the middle of the hub and my execs are on the outside of the rim and feed information in through the spokes, analyse it, make some decisions. Other two acknowledge that it is pretty similar and it, it sounds as though it's going to work very well. And they look over at the at CEO of the sacker and he's just sitting there shaking his head. They say, well, what's your system? He said, well, it's nothing like yours. They said, well, what is it? He said, it's the mushroom system. And the bloke from Woolworths and BHP looked at each other Look back at the bloke from Mattresses. What's that? He said, oh, it's simple, really. We're fed bullshit. We're kept in the dark and fed bullshit twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. And welcome to all our sack of listeners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the one, one of them, if yeah. there is. So, I mean, I, I just find it amazing. Yeah, that's I, I, I think though. getting back to the, the ODI Women's International, um, you, you can, there's no way of not looking at it with with Saka coming out in bad light because if they don't believe Adelaide Oval warrants a women's ODI, then that's a slap in the face to women's cricket. And if they argue even, oh, well, maybe it will interfere with the Sheffield Shield competition... Well, again, it's is that putting... still going? <laughs> I think it's going to start sooner or later. Okay. Um, it, it, it's it's then rating uh, a Sheffield Shield game yep. ahead of uh, an international women's game. So that they, they just haven't done it right, and you know, there's you can't argue on the grounds that it won't attract a big enough audience because. I'll bet you anything you like that a women's ODI international is going to attract a lot more people than oh, a Sheffield Shield game would. Guaranteed. Uh, and so it just seems to Perhaps me... Perhaps those executives have um, hired the Oval out that day for a function. They might Like do. a hospitality it function. Could, it might be a food fest. <laughs> <laughs> you might have nailed that. You I might have nailed I'm onto it. something. I'm going to look it up, perhaps, yeah. or Google that yes. after we've finished, and there could, could be some big food finale well, on there. That could. You might have just absolutely nailed it. One hundred. Have we got anything else, Rick? What are we? No, I think we've just about run out yeah, of time. Yeah, we're just about actually. on the time as yeah, well, yeah, aren't we? Yeah. So. Uh, uh, I think we've covered some pretty interesting topics there, and uh, we'll see next week how well we've predicted the uh, local cricket. And uh, uh, and you'll be. I'll keep my head to the ground. Yes, yeah, so and you'll be at the and news. you'll be at the Karen Rolton Oval in the park <laughs> I was going to the Adelaide Oval, but I'm going to get a food festival <laughs> instead. <laughs> okay, team. Until next week. This is Rick. This is Phil.